So I was in my bed and I turn around and she's next to me physically. Like I could see her, I could, I could touch her. So I was, I got really, really scared. Like, what is she doing here if she's dead? And I went to touch her thinking she's going to be cold. She's going to be, her body is dead. I touch her on the shoulder and she, she turns around and I got so surprised. Like I was shocked. And I said, and I asked her, I said, are you okay? And she looked at me with this, this face of surprise, like, of course I'm okay. Why am I, why shouldn't I? Like, of course I am. Welcome to the Spirit Sisters podcast. My name is Karina Machado and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Women's True Stories of the Paranormal. In this podcast, I'll revisit the women behind my most unforgettable stories and unearth new tales to chill, intrigue, astound and offer hope. You'll hear first-hand accounts of ghostly visitors, near-death experiences, premonitions, hauntings and love more powerful than death. Whatever you believe about the afterlife, I invite you to open your minds and hearts as ordinary women reveal their extraordinary encounters. You're listening to Spirit Sisters. I'm your host, Karina Machado. Thanks for joining us today. As I'm recording this, it will be Christmas in a few days. So I'd really like to take a moment to wish you and your families all the very best for the festive season. For many listeners, it will be a Christmas like no other. And if you're in lockdown and separated from loved ones this year, I'm thinking of you, sending you a virtual hug. Thanks to all of you who've listened who've rated the show and left a review this year, and thank you also to everyone who's taken the time to write to tell me how much the show means to you. I'll be back in 2021 with more wonderful guests whose stories will continue to expand your hearts and minds. Speaking of wonderful guests, today I'm talking to Spanish-born Sydney cider Jorge Golvano. On June 11, 2020, Jorge's soulmate, Anna, died of breast cancer. Jorge would come to call her death a transformation. Her passing opened the way to an entirely new existence for Jorge, an IT specialist who had no prior interest whatsoever in spiritual matters. In fact, he still says he's not spiritual, even though he has conversations with Anna every day. And Anna cleverly makes use of electronic equipment to communicate as she understands that that's a medium that Jorge is comfortable with. There's a lot to this story. It's intriguing, it's life-affirming, and I'm going to let Jorge unfold it himself. Suffice to say that their enduring love is another beautiful example of how, as my guest succinctly puts it, we never stop being. Oh, and one more thing. It was Anna who wanted Jorge to come on the show. In A Spirit Sisters First... She even orchestrated phenomena in my home that, in retrospect, we worked out was her way of greenlighting our conversation. Look out for that story coming up. Enjoy my conversation with Jorge Golvano. Hi, Jorge, and welcome to Spirit Sisters. Hi, thanks for having me. It's really great to have you on the show, and you have such a beautiful story to share with us today about your awakening to the reality of how love never dies. And it's a story that in many ways is still unfolding. It's still being told. 
and it has to do with events that first began to take place soon after your partner of 23 years, Anna, passed away from cancer on June 11 this year. Now, I was wondering, Jorge, if you could please begin by telling us a little bit about you and Anna and your lives together. Yeah, well, um, we've, as, as you said, we've been together, we had been together for 23, uh, well, coming to 24 years now, I think it's actually next month will be 20, 24 years. We met back in Spain, we both Spanish, uh, but she was living here. And she was on holidays in Spain. Uh, we met there, and um, and it was well, it called love at, at first sight. And and I just followed her back into Australia in '98, and been together ever since. Uh, and when I said together, it's not just uh, living together. Like um, I don't know, I, I, I don't I don't like saying this, but most people, our relationship was very, is, is very special. I seen. A, we weren't just uh, a couple like uh, partners. We were like best friends. Like we were, we'd, we would do everything together. Uh, as an example, at work, uh, I, I changed jobs and, and people at the new job, they come to me one day and say, hey, is, is, is something wrong I'm at home? And I'm like, why? It's like, because you keep on calling your wife every, every, every hour. It's like, no, it's just, just what we do. Like we talk every hour, every, we were in touch constantly. We weren't, we were, we would do everything together, go everywhere together. It was it was a lot more than just just uh, just being a couple, or it is because it still is, and and we'll we'll go uh, we'll go on about that. But yeah, it's um, a very 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 special relationship. Wow, it does sound like such a rare bond, indeed. Like you don't mm. hear of that. It's not very common, is it? And mm. it's quite quite beautiful to hear about it. And as you say, we are going to hear about how that is enduring even following and as uh, leaving the physical body. So given that, that you were so close, are so close and have this, this extremely tight bond, I can only imagine that when Anna was suffering from cancer and I guess, because she was diagnosed three times, is that correct? Yes. Or, correct. Yeah. 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 So I can only imagine how that affected you as well as her. How did you together cope with the three, the, the cancer um, and the subsequent return? Well, to be honest, we we both we have, we are very very optimistic and and always try to look at the positive side of things. Well, Anna likes to stress about things a bit more than me, but um, we're very positive. And and since she had already gone through cancer twice and and beat it, this time um, it was it was obviously it's 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 something you don't want to hear, but but we were very positive, and even the doctors were very positive because. Mostly because of of how how they were seeing her and 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 me because I was I was with her all the time in hospital. Uh, they saw us so positive that they they thought, well, she's still being being young. She was only in early fifties, and and it's like, well, she can beat this. We can beat this. And and and, and they started doing some treatment and they did some surgery and they were very happy and and they they were pretty much saying, well, you, we can get rid of this but it's something that you're going to have to live with but you're going to live for a long time still with this and and then one day just uh, everything took a turn for the worst and uh, and uh, she passed on her sleep uh the cancer had spread a bit more than 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 they had uh, assumed or or i don't know if they didn't see that there was a couple of spots on, on her lungs that that they couldn't detect and she had a 
uh, lung hemorrhage and, and, and that was it. And I was, I was shocked um, because just the, that, that, that this, was, this happened overnight. The night before that, her doctor came around and he said, look, we'll, we, you're gonna, we're going to send you home in a few days. Like you're going to be fine. We're going to send you home. And, and it just, uh, and, and the doctor himself, he was shocked. Everyone was shocked because no one was expecting it. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, uh, obviously a bad prognosis. Like you have cancer is the third time it was metastasized. It, it, it was spread around, but we've had, she had friends that, that, that had gone through the same thing and beat it. So she was, following uh, or or thinking i'm gonna do the same and we all thought the same and and yeah it was it came as a shock for for everybody at one point i remember when she when we were first told that that the cancer had come back because first they didn't they didn't know exactly what it was that she had fluid on the lungs they didn't know what it was it took him a few days to find out and once they did uh she she said to me she said look i've had a uh, a great life with you and if this is it this is it at that point i said to her look don't talk about that this we're gonna get through like don't even think about that which thinking about it now i probably should have at least consider it because at least we could have spoken about it but i didn't want to i didn't i didn't want to accept it but i think she because it's always been a bit more she's she she has through her life she's had a lot more contacts with something else like she could see further than 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 most people and i believe she probably knew i've tried to ask her now and she she kind of tells me that she does that she knew something but she didn't want to worry my worry me or anybody but she probably knew yeah i mean it's easy for us listening me listening to you now to hear you say that it came as a shock when when anna passed away but i guess we're only just you know, kind of skimming the surface there. Like it must have just been, I, I can't imagine because the doctor had said to you the day before, yeah. you guys, you're, you're good. You're going to be going home in a couple of days. Mm. And then this happens. Were you, were you with Anna when she passed away? No. So that, that night, she had had some complications, not related to the, like, uh, because of, 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 of an infection. So she, she was in, in, the, in ICU. Uh, she had been in ICU for a couple of days. But it was all looking good. Like she, they were gonna get it back into, into the ward and and home in a few days. Uh, so I was with her the night before when the doctor came around. Uh, I, I brought I brought her dinner. I just kissed her good night. Went back home. I'm like literally five minutes from the hospital. So I I used to come back home, sleep, and then go back there in the morning and work. <laughs> this was she was in hospital for two months and and obviously during COVID. Well, uh, this was th through COVID. When people were working from home, I was working from hospital. Like I took my, I would take my laptop because uh, I had that flexibility. So I was with her all the time except for the nights where I was home. So that night I came back home to sleep and, and I got a call at, must have been around 5 a.m. from the hospital telling me that, that, um, that yeah, that there was a problem and, and, and uh, that she was, she was gone. Mm -hmm. um, they told me that she, she never, she never uh, woke up like she, while she was sleeping. She had the hemorrhage. She sort of passed out on her sleep, which uh, is something she, she, she always joked about this. She called that the, the Rolls Royce of, of, of deaths because she said, like, if when you go while you're sleeping, you don't notice anything. And it's like a transition from just sleeping to whatever you go. And at least she, that, that was the way, the way she went. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, it was um, like, I, I, th- I thought I was having a, a, a bad dream. Like I, I, like I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't comprehend it. I, it, I never, uh, as I said, I never wanted to consider it. And it took me a, a while to actually accept it. Not accept it, I, I accepted it, but it was more like, like this is real. Like this is, this happened. Like I, I still now, some days I, I'm still, because of things that we'll talk about, I, I wake up and I think like she's gonna just walk in through the door one mm-hmm. day. And when you say Jorge that she told you that this is the Rolls Royce of of deaths to go in your sleep in that way, is that did she tell you that afterward? Uh, no, see, that, that she, she had mentioned that ah. before. Ah. Uh, but but what she told me afterwards, like it's it's weird because um, I don't I'm not a a spiritual person or or a religious person or anything like that I don't uh, it's not that I don't believe in other things it's just I don't I don't I don't know what to believe anymore uh, but I've had this um uh, which we'll go through later but I have this sort of like these thoughts in my head where I'm kind of talking to her but I don't know if it's her or if it's me making it up but there's sometimes where it's very clear that that she's telling me something I don't hear her voice that's one of the things that that I probably miss the most hearing her voice but i feel her voice in my head kind of thing i don't know it's weird uh but that's that's how how it feels and 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 i ask about a few things like like that like did you know you were going and and she was like i kind of knew i asked her if she if she realized when it happened and and she said she didn't which kind of matches what she said about the being the royal voice of of death and so as you said like in those first few days after this big shock, you thought you were in a bad dream or it felt like you were in a bad dream. And I remember you telling me when we first spoke that it also felt like she was overseas, that she was far away, but she was still here. Tell us a bit more about your sense yeah. of where she was in, in those first days and how you yeah. got through them. Truth be told, the first, the first uh, about two, three days, it was... It was, I felt like this emptiness, like this weird thing, like as if someone had cut you open and, and got everything out. Like I, feel, I felt hollow, like there was nothing. And, and I, you know, I wasn't, I don't know, I was in shock, but not in shock as in I couldn't do anything. I could do normal life and I could do, but I felt this, like there's something missing. I'm missing like a big part, like, like this. I was more like, like a, a zombie. That was only a few days, but then, I started getting this this feeling of 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 her just it's weird like I was expecting her to call me or to send me a message or or to like to interact with me somehow because I got I had this feeling like yeah it's like she's 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 gone but she's not but her being is not gone like she's gone from here but yeah it was more like a feeling of yeah she's 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 not here it's like she's somewhere else and I I just I can't talk to her right now but she's there and I'm here and and she's happy and and she's okay and I kept getting that that feeling of yeah as I was saying before we've been together for 23 years and and when I said together 23 years last year my father passed away and I had to go back to Spain for a week and that's the longest we've been apart in 23 years and when I was there obviously we would talk every day and all that but that kind of feeling of of her being here in, in Australia me being in Spain that's the feeling that I was getting uh, after. Like, I couldn't reach reach her, but I knew she was. Well, I still know that she's somewhere else. 
And so four days after Anna's death, something happened. Can you share with us what that was? Yeah. So I was, I had like this feeling of emptiness and obviously I couldn't, I couldn't really uh, sleep much either. Like I was sleeping an hour here, an hour there. And then on the third, fourth day or third, uh, third day at night, I was, I was just too tired and I, I passed out watching TV and um, got woken up and it's like, okay, let's go to bed. So I went to bed, must have been uh, midnight. And then an hour later, all of a sudden I get woken up by something, something's in my head telling me something. And I didn't know. I thought, I thought I was in a dream or something, but no, I woke up and I got this feeling of her telling me, she's asking me, you need to go to the hospital and find out what happened. Because like she thought that there was something that something that the hospital has missed or that, that, uh, that they hadn't uh, seen or I don't know, like there was, and that's how she, I, I'm a very, very practical person. Like I said, practical, optimistic. So I'm, I'm very, whatever happens, it's happened. There's no point. If you can't change it, there's no point on, on going around uh, trying to find why, why it happened or how it happened because, you know, it's, it's, it's done, it's done. Like there's no, there's no coming back. And, and obviously from this, there's no coming back. And a few people, when, when I told family and friends what had happened, they, they asked me, oh, what, what was the cause? And I'm like, I don't really know and I don't really care because whatever, whatever it is, it's not going to bring her back. So what's the point of, of me going over it again and again? But she was asking me, like, do you need to, you need to go to the hospital? You need to talk to them. You need to find out. And, and I, I was at that time, I was staying with my brother-in-law and I said to talk to him in the morning and, I'm, and I mentioned this to him and he's like, yeah, that's, that's totally something that Anna will say, but not you. And I'm like, yeah, like, why, why would I be? And that was the first time where I, where I had those thoughts that were in mine and I realized this is not me. This is because I actually got woken up with these thoughts mm. and I realized this is, this is her. She's, she's, telling me, she's telling me something. So this was a Sunday. So I, I, I waited till Monday. Monday, I called the hospital and I spoke to them and they explained to me. I spoke to the doctor that was with her when it happened. He explained to me step by step what had happened. And right then, not, not, the, not, not at that moment, but on, on that Monday, I was having dinner at, at another friend's place, uh, um, remembering her. And I got this feeling like I have to come back home because as, as I said, I was staying with my brother-in-law. After this happened, I stayed with my brother-in-law because I, I thought, well, if I go back home, it's going to be a lot of feelings in there and, and being by myself, it's going to be hard. So that Monday, I thought, I had this, this pull, like someone was pulling me to go back home. Like I, I had this, this something that was telling me, you need to go back home. So I went back to my brother-in-law's, um, would have been late night. And I said to him, he was awake. And I said to him, look, I'm, I'm going back home. I'm picking my things, going back home. He's like, oh, really? I said, yeah, I just, I have this feeling I have to go back home. So I came back home. And the moment I opened the door, I could feel this energy, like, as if she was here. I, I was expecting to find her here somehow, which wasn't the case, but I went to bed and I slept for 12 hours. I didn't sleep more than one, two hours every day. I slept for 12 hours straight. It's like, and ever since then, even people coming, coming uh, to our place, like they, they tell me like, you can feel the energy. She, she, she's still here. 
Tell us a little bit more, please, Jorge, about, and you touched on this earlier, about Anna's mystical experiences and mystical understanding or spiritual beliefs. And do you know about what she thought about the possibility of life after death? And had she ever spoken to you about that and what might happen if she did pass? We never spoke about, about any of us passing because we always had this. It's, what, one thing she always uh, asked me is like, do you think we're going we're gonna to be together when, when, we, when we grow really old? Like we're going to be together for enough. So like, why not? Like this is it, you know? But we never spoke about ourselves. But she, uh, her mom passed away four or five years ago and, and she was very close with her mom. It was really weird because when she passed, I, I was the one that I, I found her mom because I used to go, she, she was diabetic and I used to go in the afternoon to, to give her the insulin because she couldn't do it herself. And I found her pass away. And, and so she never saw it. She never, uh, she never saw her when, when she died. But for someone being so close to her, I, I was amazed how well she took it. And it's because, yes, and we spoke about that and it's like she knew that, that she was gone, but she was still in touch. And ever since, since she was a kid, she, she told us stories about things that happened to her. And I've always, as I said, I, I'm, I'm not religious or spiritual, but I always, I've, I've always believed there's something else, but I never had a proof of it. But she was my living proof of it. She would tell me stories and I obviously I, I know that, they, that those stories are true. So there's this one story that, that she, she always tells and, and she's told everybody. Uh, all her friends know about this, where she was just a little kid. She would have been eight or nine years old. And they were driving on, on the family car uh, back in Spain. And all of a sudden, she hears this voice that's telling her to stop the car. And they're driving, they, they were in, in the country, and they're driving through the country. It was night. And she starts telling the father to stop, to stop the car. And the father is like, what are you saying? Why am I going to stop in the middle of nowhere? Why would I stop? And she, start, she starts getting like really, the, the voice that she was hearing, starts getting really loud, like screaming at her, stop the car, stop the car. So she starts screaming at, at the father and pulling on the, on, on the seat. And he stops the car, but not because he told her, but she stops the car to turn around and tell her to stop. And the moment he stops the car, this other car crosses in front of them going at like 150. And the father went wide. He's like, wow, hadn't, I not stopped the car, we would have been dead, all of us. Like it was a whole family. And that was the main story that she's been telling, but she has lots of these little things and, and, and hearing voices and, and friends and family that have passed away that she can still see and, and talk to them. And, and that was my, yeah, sort of like my proof that there was something else. There is something else. Gosh, that's, um, that's a great story and very powerful. And it also tells us about her connection. So she had this lifelong connection to yeah. whatever it is, you know, that you want to call it. We can call it the spirit world or, or that unseen dimension. And we're going to talk mm. later about all of the study that you're doing into yeah. what that might be. But as we get into what happened um, with Anna communicating with you, let's, let's begin, if we could, please, Jorge, with the story about the beautiful thing that happened when you had the circle of love ceremony. Oh. I think it was two weeks after she passed. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So few friends, very, very close friends. Though she, she has many, many close friends, but a few organized this, um, this circle of love, uh, which was basically for a close circle to, 
to kind of say goodbye or good, not goodbye because I'll never say goodbye, but to, to share the love and, and also a bit of healing as well. So this was um, organized, uh, actually, that's, that's how, how I got introduced into you by, uh, by Nancy Matos, who um, did this with uh, her husband. They sort of like run it for us. And, uh, and we were at a friend's place on, on the backyard. And there was about 20 of us. And we placed um, uh, some photos of her with some uh, candles and, and uh, the mantle in the middle of the, of, the, of the backyard. And also some spiritual cards that Nancy uh, had brought uh, with uh, spiritual messages. And then we all sat around in a circle and started like thinking about her and Nancy was driving it and, and, and we sort of like did a bit of a meditation. So everyone closed her eyes and started thinking about her and remembering her. And all of a sudden, well, we were all doing this. We feel this gust of wind, like really strong gust of wind. And we, I think afterwards we spoke and we all thought that's her, like we're thinking about her and that's her. But that wasn't the, 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 the amazing thing. The amazing thing was, we opened our eyes and I was sitting with our two sons. We have two sons grown up now in the late twenties, but uh, we, we, the three of us were sitting in, in a, in a little sofa. And when we opened our eyes from everything that was in the mantle, in the middle of the, of the, of the backyard, one car had flown over with that gust of wind and it ended up on our feet. And we look at the car and it says undying love. And there was nothing else. The candles didn't blow up, nothing, just the one car that flew about two meters from the mantle to us with, with that message. And, and from that moment on, I've grown tired of saying this. Well, I'll never get tired. There are no coincidences. That wasn't a coincidence, and, and there are no coincidences. And what did that do for you and your sons to open your eyes in that moment and see that card at your feet and see that it said undying love? Like, what did you, what uh, we, was your we, first thought? <laughs> I was already in tears thinking about her and which, which is, uh, I very rarely cry. Like even my, when my dad passed away and all that, like sometimes I thought in, I used to think there's something wrong with me. Like it's very hard for me to cry, but my sons kept, uh, after this happened, it's like, I didn't, I, they didn't know that I could cry so much. And w- when this all happened. And I was already crying, but when I saw that, it was, it was weird because the feeling was, I was crying, thinking of her, but at the same time, I was crying of joy because that told me, like, she's still here. She's talking to us. This is her way of talking to us. My sons, which I didn't know, I, I've, we've never spoke, I, I spoke about this with Anna, but I've never spoken about this with, with my sons before, about what they thought about the afterlife or if there's something else or... But I was surprised because they both straight away, like they say, yeah, that's her. And, and they, they took it like as, as a fact. And, and, and even now we get together every week. They, they were here last night for dinner. We get together every week. And they, t- they asked me, How, how's it going? Did you, have you heard from Anna? Does it say something to you? Because they take it as a fact, which is obviously they, they, they have it in the blood. I love that what you say that, you know, it seems like there comes a point where all ideas and all speculation just goes out the window because the truth of the event is so astounding and so life-changing that there can be no more questions. It is a fact. Yeah, yeah. Say. And that oh. seems to be what happened to, to you three. 
Yeah, and and the funny thing is, I, I guess this happens to a lot of people in a similar situation to me, where you know there's something like that the person you love is gone, and you know there is there's something else, there's more, and and you're asking for proof somehow, like okay, tell me, I, I need I need to know that this that that you there, and the amazing thing is that they do it not not in just one way. Like I've had so many different things that I'm 110% sure that, that she is still here or not here as in physically or as in space and time, which we'll talk about that later, but they are, they, they're not gone. Like we die is our bodies that die, but who we are, like the person, our beings, we, we, we never go. And it's wonderful to have you on the show today with your coming from a different perspective of, as you say, no spiritual or religious background or even interest perhaps in the past. And yet Mm. you're telling us this, you know, and um, you're very scientifically minded, very practical, as you say. So uh, it's a really refreshing perspective on our show today. And I'm really grateful for it. And I remember Mm. um, one of the first things you said to me when we first spoke was that death is simply a transformation. We don't die, mm. we transform, you told me. And I wrote that mm. down. I thought, yes, I'm writing that down. Yeah. So did this moment with the card saying undying love at your feet, the wind, all that, at the beautiful circle of love ceremony, was this the moment that proved that to you? Yes and no. Yes, as in that moment, I knew. I already knew because I had that feeling that that's the, her, her energy and all that, but I wasn't sure if it was just an energy kind of thing, like something like, like, because everywhere we go, we live in energy. And I thought, is this the, the energy or, I'm, uh, or, or is it me making this up or is it? So that was more of a, I proved like, and because the other things were more personal, was just a, me personally feeling those things, like feeling her talking to me or feeling her energy. But this was with a lot of people that saw that. Like there was 20 people that saw that card, not what well, they didn't see it. They, they opened their eyes and they saw the card on our feet. And that was more of a, okay, I'm, she's not just proving it to me. She's proving it to everybody. Mm. Like this is, but, but the defining moment for me was uh, a few days later. I, I'll go back a few. Um, yeah, please. Anna being, being how she is very sensitive person. Um, and I've, and I've spoken with a few friends about this. It's also because deep down, she, she's never stopped being a child. A child. And a child, yeah. Like she's, she's, she's very, can be very innocent. You can, once you know her, you, have, you know that she's got a, a side of her, which surprised many people because she's, she's a very, very strong and opinionated person, but at the same time, very sensitive and very, very innocent, very naive in some ways. And, and that's a you know, child that, that never left her. And obviously, when you start looking into this and you see that when, you, when we kids, kids can get, get a lot more connection with whatever that is, like because they, they're open, they don't have any preconceptions. They don't have, for them, everything's natural. Everything that happens to them, everything they see, everything they feel, it's new, so it's natural. And there's nothing that tells them, no, that what you're feeling, that's not, uh, that's not real. Everything's real. Uh, so she has that uh, kid side to her and always had it. One of these things is uh, dreaming. Every morning, she will wake up and tell me about her dreams. And she will ask me, like, 
what what did you dream of and i'm like I, i'll never remember like i will remember maybe one dream every now and then or what the dream was about but no details about the dream but she remembers all her dreams in every detail to the point where sometimes she would have a dream where i was in the dream and i would do something that she didn't agree with and she'll be angry with me for the whole day because for her that was real the dream is real And I always envy that, like uh, she will ask me and I was like, I don't remember my dreams. Well, after this, uh, these few things happened, I started not only remembering my dreams, but waking up after every dream. So I would have a dream and, and I've been reading a lot and doing a lot more uh, uh, research on this. And we normally have between four to six dreams every night. And I was waking up between four to six times every day, waking up after my dream, remembering my dream, going back to sleep, having another dream. And I started journaling all my dreams. But what happened this one day was I've had had a couple of dreams, kind of these this nonsensical dreams that we have every now and then when nothing makes sense. And I, I woke up and I thought, no, I want, I want to have a dream. I want to, I want to dream about Anna because she wasn't in any of those dreams that I had before. And I got really angry. It's like, why isn't she in my dreams? So I went back to sleep thinking about her. And then afterwards, I knew it was a dream. But back then, this was a, 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 I, I understood that that was a lucid dream. It's last visitation. So I was in my bed and I turn around and she's next to me physically. Like I could see her, I could, I could touch her. But at the same time, I was lucid and I knew that, she, she, that her body was gone. So I, was, I got really, really scared. Like, what is she doing here if she's dead? And I went to touch her thinking she's going to be cold. She's going to be, her body is dead. So I touch her and she turns around because she, was, she wasn't facing me. So... I touch her on the shoulder and she, she turns around and I got so surprised, like I was shocked. And I, said, and I asked her, I said, are you okay? And she looked at me with this, this face of surprise, like, of course I'm okay. Why, am I, why shouldn't I? Like, of course I am. And I gave her a kiss and then I woke up. And that feeling, I don't know if, uh, don't know if you ever had, or if people that listen to this, if you ever had a lucid dream, which... I've had a few more and, and I'm actually practicing like trying to induce lucid dreaming and, and astral projection out of body experiences and so on. When you do, the feelings you get on, on the are actually 200% compared to the feelings you get in your normal life. Like it's, it's actually amplified. So when I woke up that morning, I, I had literally been with her and I knew like this is, this is not me making it up. I know... I know when I touch her, I know when I talk to her, I know when I kiss her, she's being with me. And that was the moment when I realized there is definitely, definitely, definitely something else. And uh, how, how long after Anna's passing did that take place, that dream? Would have been a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, to answer your question, I haven't had an, an experience like that. I think I might have had something approximating lucid dreams in the past, but nothing mm. to that extent. But I have interviewed people who have, and yeah. they, t they use the same language that you've just described, you know, in terms of seeing a late loved one and what it does for them. And they have used mm. those words. I was with them. They came right. to me. I saw them. I touched their, their skin. As I said, I've been actually practicing and inducing or trying to induce this lucid dreams. It's not, it's not easy, but uh, there's different methods and different ways and, and it takes time and, and, In this, well, it's been around four months now that I've since I've been trying. Uh, and I've had 
hints. I've had little bits and pieces of like seeing her, touching her for for seconds. It was only seconds, but those seconds, like you can feel, and and it actually brings. I remember that the last one when we kissed, and that I got the feeling back from that was our first, our first kiss 24, 23 years ago. The same exact feeling. Like I got this. The the one thing that I, I I've had, I don't. I, I as I said, I, I don't had. I've never had any 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 anything special about me about in terms of what's after or, or, or communication or anything like that. But the one thing that, that Anna always uh, was amazed was I've had, I can remember things. It's not photographic memory because I don't remember the details. Like I can tell you the exact detail, but I remember the whole feeling. And I like, it's more like a videographic, like this scene perfectly and all the feelings except for, for sound. So I remember everything, the smell, the touch, the taste of everything, but not the sound. But I, going back to when I was one year old, I tell my mom, my mom was surprised, like, how do you remember that? And I was like, I remember, like, I can picture it. If I, if, I had, if I could play a recording to my brain, you will see a perfect picture of it. And when I had this, this dream, like, it was literally as if we were back on the room where we first kissed and it was the exact same feeling and and yeah like lucid dreaming and, and out-of-body experiences and all that it's all it's funny because um after after this episode when these four days when i when i noticed i got this message from her part of my research i, I came came across uh different different people mentioning this um buddhist place they call the bado which is where you go when you die but also where you go when you dream. And the more references I, may, I, I, I the more references I see from uh, Buddhism, the more I, I agree with them. And as I said, I'm not a religious person, though Buddhism is not really a religion, it's more of a philosophy. But the more I read about it and the more I research, the more sense it makes to me. Because one of the things they said, uh, it's that when, when someone dies in the physical form, it takes them between three to four days to realize that they've gone to the bado and it's three or four days in transit that it's confusing for them until they know where they're gone. And when I read that, this was after all that happened to me. And it's like, that's exactly what happened with Anna. Mm. It took these three, four days. So I started looking more into, into this Buddhism and, and there's a lot, obviously there's some things that, uh, I don't know if they'd be either true or agree with, but them comparing where we go when we die to where we go when we dream, I, I totally agree. Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. Mm. Yeah. And what's particularly interesting about that first experience that you had of lucid dreaming is that although you went on to subsequently try to induce these states and learn more about mm. them, when it happened the first time, it was spontaneous. And oh, yeah. as you said, like you, you're one of those people and I'm often like that as well. I don't really remember dreams. It's mm. difficult for me. I've started, I've been journaling them for years now and the ones that stand out, you know, they really mm. stand out. You know that then there's yeah. something quite different. But having said that, I've never had anything as profound as that. But it's fascinating that that came spontaneously. Mm. Yeah, that's the one, the one thing that I've, even I'm still, this is, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm just start, starting this journey 
And obviously I have the rest of my physical life to go through it. But it's coming to a point where I still, I'm journaling all my dreams. I, I do three, four, four dreams every night. But it comes to a point where I can tell which dreams are my subconscious just making them up. Like these nonsensical dreams that I spoke about, like it's you uh, because of things that you've done or that you've spoken about through the day and, and, and your mind is kind of like reflecting that. But I can perfectly tell which dreams are that and which dreams, even though they're not lucid dreams, but it's not just me. I'm dreaming. And, and it could be Anna, but it could be somebody else as well. And, and there's some other people in my dream. And I know that that's not me making this up. Like this is, we are actually communicating. And, and to the point where you'll see people in your dreams where, with people that you've never met. I've seen mm-hmm. people and I see like these faces and I, and I remember the face and I, with, with my, my uh, uh, videographic memory, I remember the scene and it's like, what are these two people doing in there? Who are they? Like, what, what were they in my dream? I've never seen this point in my life. Mm. And, and you realize that that's, it's not just a dream. Mm. Uh, or, or dreams are not just dreams as we are grown to believe. Indeed. And there's so much, I mean, that's such a rich area of research, which I know you're looking Mm. into. Uh, I just want to backtrack a little bit to what you said um, after the circle, what was the next thing that happened? Because it wasn't, I think there was something in between the dream. Yeah. Was the, the, the lamp, the thing with the lamp. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, uh, we had, we used to live in a, in a, in a big house and we moved to a smaller unit because our sons had moved out, so we, we didn't need uh, the bigger house. So we moved to a, a new unit, two-bedroom unit. And on that house, we used to have like a big courtyard, with a, which Anna loved to decorate. I see had all these uh, outdoor furniture. And <laughs> funny thing, a lot of Buddha statues. Like she wasn't religious either. But now looking back, like we have, and, and even here on the new place, it's full of little buddha heads and buddha statues everywhere and it's like well uh, now now it all starts to make more sense so when we moved to this unit um obviously a lot of the stuff that we had in the in the garden we couldn't we couldn't bring because this only has a little little um uh, balcony but one of the things we brought was a little sort of like lamp a uh, glass lamp with um with a led candle inside but that we've never turned on it was just for decoration and we've had it on the old place probably for about five years sitting outside. So it's all rusty and it looks very, yeah, it has a look to it, you know, like old and rusty and it's made of wood and metal. So it looks, so we brought that in here and we put it in the, in the balcony. And then one morning, I can't, I can't recall when it would have been a few weeks after, a couple of weeks after the, after the lucid dream, I'm making myself breakfast. It's, it's, it's early in the morning. It's still dark outside. And I see this light in the balcony. And I thought it was a reflection from the kitchen. But I go to the balcony and I saw that lamp is on. And I'm like, and, and first I couldn't recall. I, I didn't remember that it was an a, a LED lamp. I thought, I thought it was an actual candle inside. I'm like, how is the candle light lit now? I looked in it and, it, and it's, it's, um, it's an LED. I'm like, oh, I wonder how, how, is, how is this? Turn on like it's been. I know this lamp's been here for five years, and it just all of a sudden turns itself on. And it's not a, it's not solar. It, it it runs on batteries. So I went in and tried to turn it off. It wouldn't turn off. It stay on. Like the the switch wouldn't work. I'm like, whoa, this is this is weird. Like, how can this thing be turned on all of a sudden by itself after five years? 
I told everyone and it's like, well, that, that's Santa. So we were all amazed and, and I kept on every morning, I will take a photo of the, of the lamp and send it to our friends, to a group of friends. The lamp stayed on for seven weeks. That's how long it took for the batteries to run out. So after seven weeks, I went and tried to replace the battery. And when I opened it, I opened the battery compartment, the batteries were completely rusted. Like I couldn't actually take them off. Like there were, it was like a block. I managed to take them off, put new batteries in, nothing, no light, the light was gone. Wow. And people were like, and people were asking me like, why? So I had to actually buy a new lamp. I, I, I the, the actual can, uh, LED candle, replaced the one that was inside and put new batteries in it. So every morning, this is our, our kind of like a ritual. Every morning, I, I'll send a photo to the group with the, with the light as a good morning from me and from Anna. Uh, no matter what I do, the batteries won't last more than a week. Oh. And those batteries, five-year-old batteries that they were, this was like a, a no-brand battery from like the cheapest ones that you get with these things from China or whatever. They lasted for seven weeks after five years. And in five years, I'd never come on before. They, never. We've, we had never turned it on. Well, the switch wasn't working. Yeah, and it's been how out come, of uh, How come it just uh, all of a sudden and things like these little things, but that, that was big, but little things like this been happening every now and then. And I keep telling people, well, that's Anna, that's Anna. And as I said before, there's no coincidences. No coincidences at all. And so I know that at some point in your, in your journey of communicating with Anna, you decided to visit a medium. Is that right, Jorge? Yes, yes. At what point did you um, come this decision of yours and how did you come to uh, make it? Would have been uh, after, obviously after the, the, the circle of love and, and the lucid dreaming and the different little hints everywhere that, that she's still here. And I thought, and, and I started doing some research and me being a, more of a, a factical person and a scientific person, I, I work in IT and I, and I like to understand how things work from the inside out. And I, uh, at that point, I knew like there's something else and this is not uh, some, you know, like powerful being or anything like that. This is, this is physical, like I, I, or not physical, but this is something like uh, for, as a matter of fact. So I started looking into it and, and I've, I've started relating it to, to consciousness and how our consciousness, it's what makes us who we are. And it's not something physical. Uh, it's not local. Like it's not. Uh, a lot of people had this conception that the consciousness is inside or your mind is inside your brain, uh, mind and consciousness being the same thing when it's not, we just, uh, we just vessels and, uh, or, or as some people put it with just like a, like a TV or, or your, uh, or a radio where we receive the signal, but who we are is not inside us. It's, it's somewhere else or, or not because it's not physical. So I started to relate all this consciousness and what some people call spiritual or, or, or religious. And, and it's all the same thing. At the end of the day, it's all back for me. It's all back to consciousness. Uh, so I started looking at this and, and into this and uh, looking into mediumship because for me, mediumship, uh, it's more of a people that have more of a connection with this consciousness or, or this uh, connected, multiple consciousness connected, which is what we are, which I believe we are. And especially with, with Anna having had all, all her experiences before, I know that, that you can have 
that there's people that have this extra sensitivity to it. So I decided, well, just give it a go. Let's, let's, let's talk to a medium, see, see if, uh, if there's anything, you know, if, 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 if we can really get in touch with her and, and maybe kind of like corroborate what I've been feeling and what I've been seeing. Uh, so I, I, I had a look, uh, I got a few recommended, I, I had a look around and there was this, this, this one that sort of like stood out, like, I don't know why it's like, yeah, this guy looks, uh, looks okay. And I've, I've had a, a booked a session with him and straight off the bat, like I never told him what it was and, and he was picking up things and, and I'm like, yeah, this, this guy is it's legit. He told me like, I can see it's a, it's a close person. It's a female and, and she's passed away. Like I can see blood in in the chest like a hammer kind of a hemorrhage i never told him anything so he, he like straight away after that he's like okay like he knows what he's talking about and he's not making it up like he's he's got something and he's telling me different things and and obviously uh with this is they don't see things or some do but mostly it's how they interpret the things because it's more uh, they feel things or they they see things but they can really associate it and, and it is you who has to sort of correlate it and make sense of it. And, and there was a few things where, yeah, it was spot on. There was a few other things where it's like, mm, that, that doesn't really, really sounds like her or that, that doesn't resonate. So he tells me uh, during the conversation, he says to me, and I see this um, earring or pendant or necklace with, the, with an infinite loop sign in it. And I'm thinking, no. She doesn't have any of because I know all, all, all her, her jewelry and stuff, and it's like, you know, she doesn't have anything like that, and, and it doesn't doesn't ring a bell. And it's like, well, I, I, I keep on seeing that, like, this it means something, and I'm like, no. And, and he said, well, maybe we'll in the future. I said, okay. And, and I just let it pass, and, and we kept on talking. This was on a Friday, this, this was a Friday. On the Saturday, I woke up, and this would have been. By then would have been two months since he was gone. And, and she had been, as I said before, she, she had been in hospital for two months prior to her transforming. So that was four months since she's been at home. So I wake up on the Saturday morning and I get this feeling of look under her pillow. I don't know why. Like I get this, this something in my head telling me look under her pillow. And, and I'm like, all right. I go in and look under her pillow. I move the pillow and I found this one piece of hair in a perfect infinite loop sign. And I was, I was, I, I, I keep talking to her. I was telling her like, this is you. You've done this. Now it makes sense. Because thinking about it, I had washed all our, I've done bed many times washed the, the sheets and the, and the co- pillow, pillow covers few times since she had gone moved pillow covers around from mine to her from her to mine like it was impossible how and, and it's just the one piece of her on a perfect uh, infinite loop and it's like wow this is this is something else and i and just then, want to interject one moment i want yeah. to share with the listeners because they can't see you but yeah, is completely bald <laughs> yes, yes, it's so not it's my not hair. Yeah. hair. I just want it to is let not my hair. Know. Yeah. Go so on. I'm like thinking, how, how did you do this? Like how? Because yeah, I don't, I don't know. And and 
I was like floating that morning. Like I was floating. Like I was so like she's really doing this. Like she can do things, you know. And and th- we had some friends coming over that day uh, for 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 coffee. And I'm I'm getting ready. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I had a shower. I'm, I'm dressing up. And all of a sudden, it's not that uh, that those feelings I had before, where where she's like sort of like sending thoughts to me wasn't that anymore it's like she's talking to me i'm dressed I'm, I'm i'm picking up clothes from the from the wardrobe and she's telling me why are you why are you grabbing that that doesn't look good on you take this and i turn around it's like who's who's talking to me like why, why are you saying that like and i'm trying to think like if this is i'm making this up and she tells me no you're too slow for that like, because she, she's always joked with me, like, uh, like I'm, I'm slow to react. Like she's, she's like really fast. Like she's like, people think like she's, you're taking something. Like you, you can't be that fast. Like she's like bang, bang, and she's telling me, no, this is not your head. You're not making this up because you're too slow for this. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. So ever since then, she's been kind of like, not all the time. It's not like she's talking to me all the time, but. I will ask her something and she will reply straight away and I can get that reply. And then I looked and, and not only this happened the day after, the, after I had the session with the medium and this was the infinite loop, which happens to be a number eight. This was on the 8th of uh, August, which is the 8th of the 8th, oh my goodness. which apparently is the Lion's Gate, which is a special day when uh, these things have a lot more meaning or, or are easier for, for these things to happen. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know what day it was. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what day it is today. But it was the eighth of the eighth. Wow. And I'm like, this is yeah, this is something else. And as you're speaking, I'm you're sort of transmitting to me and probably to the audience as well this beautiful sense of wonder and reverence and awe that these kinds of experiences do transmit to us. And they're almost exclusive in their capacity to do that. I mean, other things can do it like art, beautiful art, poetry, literature, but there's something about these spiritual experiences, this bridging of the divide that Mm. it's just, it creates a a feeling of almost exhilaration. And that's what I'm picking up listening to you. Is that sort of what you felt in that morning, in that moment when you found her strength? Yeah. It's happened when, when, I, when, when I had that lucid dream was the first time when I actually fell physically. But uh, after this and, and other things that happened, it's like when you feel it, it's, it's such a, um, in a way, it's, it's weird because it's something that you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know why it's happening. But at the same time, it's, it's like, it's probably going back to what we were saying before about when you're a kid and, and, and you have these experiences which are new, but you accept them because everything's new. Well, it's the same thing. And I think what, what happens is as, as, as we grow older, very little things are, are new to us. That's apparently that's why, we, why time passes slowly the, grow, the older we grow because we don't have newer experiences. We've pretty much done everything already. So everything that we, li- that we live, we've already lived through that. And it's not exciting. So when you're a kid, time goes really slow because everything's new. Everything's exp- a new experience. And experiencing this now, for me, it's that feeling of, of, of a kid discovering something new. And not only that, but it's something new that you know is like 
this is just the tip of it. Like there's so much more. Now my problem is that I'm, I'm really, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't wait. I, I need more. And, and sometimes like, I've, as I said, I've been doing, uh, trying to induce lucid dreams and, and out of body experiences, doing uh, research into consciousness and, and, and sleep dreaming uh, and, and other, other things. And I need to feel more. And, and if I don't feel anything, if there's been like a few days where I haven't feel, felt anything special, I get angry. And I, I remember Anna one morning, she's telling me like, I was trying to get induced a lucid dream and I, and I got really angry because I couldn't and I was really angry in bed. And she tells me, don't worry, it's, you'll get there. Like you have heaps of time. And, and I got angry at her and I said to her, no, I don't, I, I have heaps of time, but I want it now. I'm very impatient and I want it now. And I know it's going to take me time and, and I'll, I, I'll get there. But it's that once you feel this, it's, it's such a rush and such a, an incredible thing, an incredible feeling that, that you know you want more because there is more. And that's, in a sense, what drives my work. Because, you know, when I first wrote my uh, Spirit Sisters and researching that in 2008, and doing interviews with people who'd lost loved ones and some very tragic stories, like a mother who lost her two daughters in one terrible car accident. And for her, it was only, only this moment of, of seeing the girls in an experience, very beautiful experience that began the Mm. process of her wanting to live again and begin to take those steps towards life again. So that's how powerful these experiences are. And I remember her saying to me, I felt good. Like this was a woman who had been in the depths of the deepest grief and trauma Mm. and despair. Suddenly after this, she felt good. And this is the power of these stories. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I felt obviously you have grief and you have pain and you have, uh, I consider myself as a very realistic person, which I, I knew from the moment this happened that, that, I had to pull through for the kids and because this is sort of like the, what I've been dealt with and this, this is it and, and you have to keep on going. Uh, but obviously the pain and the grief was terrible. Uh, and now to me, this is, this is exciting. And sometimes I think because of society, the way we are, sometimes I stop and think about it and like, should I feel a lot worse than I feel, that I'm feeling because I'm feeling exciting. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Obviously, I miss her. I miss her, her physically. I miss talking to her. But at the same time, this is a new chapter in our relationship. And, I've, and I see it as a, I, I, me being an optimistic person, I always see things as in, this is, there's always something positive about anything that happens. And, and I take that and kind of discard the negative and look forward to the positive things in the future. And for me, this is, this is a, a new adventure, a new, a new chapter in our relationship, mm. which I'm excited about. And, and that's probably why I'm so anxious and, and so impatient because I want to experience more and more because the tiny brief experiences that I've had have been more intense than probably experiences that I've had when, when Anna was still here physically. It's, it sounds bad, but it, it is. It's like this is, uh, like this is just a little hint of the possibilities of, of what we can get and and that's why now i'm i'm kind of like obviously not dedicating my life to it because i still have a work and and still have uh, kids and still have a mortgage to pay and all that but 
all my spare time, all my my um, uh, this is my my new my new hobby, and I and I, I want to go through and and understand to as much as we can where what happens after 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 we leave our bodies and and how can we get in touch with that because we can. And there is, it is a, a frontier that, you know, we're crossing. We are crossing it. I've got a, a dear friend who's a physical medium. So that means that matter, like they call the ports, manifest around him. And he's a beautiful man. And he's been working for many years on a system of communicating, but actually having a conversation with somebody who's deceased through means of electronics. And he has mm. just recently had a massive breakthrough there. So, and other, you know, there have been people working on this for many years yeah, now as well, behind the people, scenes. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel that, you know, what you say is true on a, on a bigger, wider scale collectively as well. Like there's lots that's changing and lots that's happening, obviously, in the world. And it's very exciting. You use that word exciting right. before, and it is exciting. It is uh, me getting involved in all this and doing a lot of research and, and attending conferences and training courses and stuff like that, even though it's only been a few months. But I feel like, like I've been doing this for a long time now. And me being a, a kind of like a scientific person, which relates all this to, or tries, to, I try to relate it to science and come to the conclusion, which I'm obviously I'm not the first to come to this, but that science doesn't, doesn't even start to cover all these things because science is based on on concepts that are very limiting uh, because uh, the scientific method like we want to prove physically okay we want to prove that there's something else but that something else uh, doesn't exist in space and time so how do you prove that when science tells you that to prove something you have to be able to to see it to record it to measure it and to repeat it, it's like, mm -hmm. that's impossible. Sorry, we can do that. And then the, no, that doesn't exist. No, well, it exists. And going through all this, it takes me to, to quantum physics and quantum mm -hmm. mechanics, which is something that is science and accepted by science, but they can explain because they can reproduce, they can measure. So it's, it's like, well, you're telling me exactly what you were telling me before. You can, there's all these things that are unprovable but you accept them to be real. So why is that real and why is this not real? And there's so much stuff that we don't know. And I think that that is one thing that, that human evolution has sort of um, not, not really evolved. Like we, are, we now believe that we are so, that we have so much knowledge. We are exponentially growing or, or finding new things more and more every day. And we think we know everything when we really don't know much at all. Uh, but we tend to think that we know things. And for me, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, sad that in all this science, scientific research and, and all these years of experience of many people, many bright minds, we've been sort of leaving aside things that we can't explain. And not only leaving them aside, but because we can't explain them, they can be real. Whereas you go back 500 years and all these things were accepted and there's so many other cultures and religions where things that were inexplicable, they would take it for granted and they, they didn't need to explain them. They just happen and that's it. And, 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 and there is something else and it just happens. And now we, we, here we are thinking, no, it just, it, because we can explain them, they, they're just not happening. It's very sad. It is. And as you say, like, it's not just an acceptance that, oh, well, we can't explain that. Often there's this, the momentum to actually 
disparage that and to belittle it mm. and to make anybody who or any scientist who's who's brave enough to you know pursue those explorations to to make them a pariah you know there's that yeah as well. Well, it is it, and but the good thing as well is that ever since quantum physics and quantum mechanics came into place there's been a lot of very reputable scientists that have started to move into that and to to try to prove the unprovable and and some of them are really like i'm talking uh, one of the guys that i've been uh, following recently it's a uh, sir stuart stuart penrose which just received a nobel prize oh, wow. and this is one of the few guys that that's actually saying that the consciousness is not in a, in a body it's not physical consciousness it's beyond physical they've been trying to prove it but obviously the scientific method doesn't work for them but there's a lot of research going into it. And as you were saying before, a few people actually trying to, to link it to science and, to, and, and actually measure it and have machines to prove that communication. And, and that's all happening, which is in, in some ways, what I was saying before about the evolution and, and we live in the, in the era of information, a lot of it is it's getting, it's getting sort of like thrown away. But there's also, because there's so much, there's also some that is actually worth and, and that it's, it's very valuable for these kind of things. You mentioned uh, the electronics and you being, you know, this scientifically minded person. There's a sense that Anna knows that and she tries to oh, yeah. you in those ways. And there was a story you told me about your Google Play speaker. And I was yeah, well, that. that's uh, doing my research on all, on all this. I, I've, I've come to realize, and you probably are, because I've, I've, I've heard it to, with many of your, of your guests, that one of the things that whatever or whenever or whatever the dimension where they are or where we are but we don't know uh, can communicate with this with this side it's through uh, electromagnetic waves so anything electrical uh, they can kind of like alter or, or or connect to and and yeah we have this this google home speaker that that anna loves playing with and 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 get it to play music and everyone all our friends they know about it because in the in the old place We'll have that in the kitchen, and and Anna will be asking her to uh, asking the machine to play music. And it's like, hey Google, play this, play that, play this. And sometimes you have to tell it a few times because you just say the hey Google, and it won't wake up. Well, we have that in the kitchen now. Here is a, a open open plan living, so we have it in the kitchen slash lunchroom. And ever since uh, since Anna transformed, there's Google. Ever since Anna transformed. Um, did, that, did your Google just talk to you just then? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I said, but because I said, "Hey Google." Oh right, just, okay. <laughs> just as an example, but but the funny thing is, our Google Home here, it starts beeping out of nowhere. We will be watching TV. Uh, we will be just. I'll be sitting there reading a book, and it just beeps, and it's never done that. In in Anna, it's Anna. Yesterday, my my sons were here. And this thing hasn't beeped for a couple of days. It, it, it does it very regularly, but it hasn't done it for a couple of days. So my son, one of my son comes around for dinner and we sit in there, we're talking and all of a sudden the speaker goes off. It's like, and he looks at me, it's like, what was that? And I say, well, that's, that's Anna, that's your mom. And he laughs because he knows about it. He's like, really? And I say, yeah. So my other son comes around and he beeps again. And he keeps on doing this thing, beeping, or, or we have friends coming over. And we all sit in there having a coffee and all of a sudden the Google Home beeps and it's like, the, everyone stops and looks around, what's that? It's like, that's Anna. 
and we just take it for granted. Now the friends come over and it's like they're waiting for it to be because they know it's here. But that's gone even further now because we also have our TV at home. It's uh, Android TV. It's run by Google as well. And so what I did was um, uh, when, uh, when Anna transformed, I created this, uh, this album in Google Photos with all photos of him. There are like 2,000 photos of her in this album. Uh, for for friends to to see and to share and stuff. So I put that as a wallpaper on my TV. So if I'm I turn my TV on and if I'm not watching anything for like ten minutes, it'll just come on and we'll see pictures of Anna. But the thing is now the TV turns on by itself. So I wake up in the morning and I go into the lunchroom and then I see it's a sixty five inch TV. So I, I see this big picture of Anna looking at me. Oh. Uh, or I got people coming over and and we're talking and all of a sudden the TV goes on and there she is. So I go walk the dogs, which is even weirder because there's no one at home because it's a, it's a Google TV. Okay, so maybe you do something and it turns the TV on. I go walk the dogs, come back home, TV is on, and Anna's looking at me. And now it's coming to a point where, as I was saying before, I get this frustration sometimes when I, I don't have any progress in any of what I'm doing for a few days or I haven't had any dreams where I know that she's coming, that it's not just me making it up and all that. And I'm, I'm getting a bit a bit frustrated and she comes and turns the TV on. Like I, I, I'm working here in the office and I go out of the office and there she is looking at me and, and, and she picks the photos because it's a random, there's 2000 photos, but she picks the photos where she's looking at, she's looking at the camera or in this case at me with a specific expression, like saying something to me. Like sometimes she's like a bit angry, like why are you doing this? Sometimes she's laughing sometimes. And, and it completely, matches what i'm doing or what i'm what i'm expecting it's like <laughs> amazing. It's, it's, yeah oh i love that that is just wonderful and you've mentioned your friends a few times and it seems that you know anna was this very caring person before mm. her transformation and something you said to me uh when we first spoke a few months ago jorge was that in a sense not only is she still that caring person but now there's, a, there's the sense that she can do even more for her friends now, that she's even more present for them. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, because it's funny because when we were doing, I don't remember if it was at that circle of love or it would have been an, a, another kind of ceremony because we haven't, uh, I forgot, we haven't done a, um, she didn't want a funeral. She's not, she's not a person that likes funerals. So she wants a karaoke party. But problem is with COVID and she has so many friends that with COVID and restrictions, we can do it. And I asked her and I said, look, we can do it. And she said to me, do it when, whenever you can. So we got, we're still waiting when restrictions, whenever these things, well, I was going to say, when we go back to normal, we don't know what normal is going to be. But when the day comes where we can get more than 20 people together, we'll have a big karaoke party. But we've had a few little events here and there where we got some, some friends together. And uh, what's funny is that at every, any of these events, we have different friends, but all of them will come and say, well, she was my best friend. Well, she was my best friend. So she was the best friend for all her friends. Like this, this literally 60, 80 people that she was the main friend and the person that they will talk to every day. Like she was like, you look at her phone and she was messaging hundreds of people every day. Like she's... It, very she's this very very outgoing person and very important because she's very supportive uh to the point where sometimes a friend will be going through a rough patch and and having problems 
and she will take these problems home. And I kept telling her, like, this is not your problem. I know that you feel for your friend and you want to help him or help her, but she would take the problem as being her problem. And, and like, we will have a friend that would have uh, a woman that have had a, an argument with a with partner. And she will come home and she will have an argument with me because the friend had an argument with, like, she will mm. assimilate the problem and the issues and lift it like as if it was her. And actually, she's told me that after, after she's gone, she's told me that, that she's, she regrets not having uh, had that much dedication for herself as she did for others, for friends or for, wow. or for family. Like, because she would, she's the kind of person that, that saying that goes like that will jump in front of a bus for you, she will do it for anybody, even if there's someone that she doesn't know, like she's and all all the friends after this happens and, and these different episodes where they know most of them, there's obviously some of them that are still a bit apprehensive all, of all of these things, but most of them they accept it and not only accept it, but they are they asking. They, they, I remember one of them she was asking me like. Oh, I don't know if you, if I should ask her because I, I need help with this and all that. And I know that she's busy. And I said, look, she was busy before when she was here in the physical form. But now the good thing wherever she is, which again is it's wrong because it's not where, because there's no space. It's like there's no space. There's no time. She can be in multiple places at the, at the same time, do multiple things for multiple people. So don't feel worried about asking her. And, 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 I said to her, and she's got nothing better to do. It's not like she's busy. Like it's like she, does, she can't just do anything. So people start asking her things, and and they come true. Like they've got this friend that uh, lost her dog, and he's like, oh, "I've been looking for the dog for three days, and and I don't know." It's, and I said, "Well, ask Anna." She so asked her, and two hours later, the dog turns up, and it's like things like this, little things, and it's like, "Well, should I ask Anna?" And like, "Go ahead, do it." Like she's 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 more than happy to help, and obviously this. There's limits to what to what they can do or what they can influence, but there's a lot of things that that actually that they 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 can have an influence on. And this I take it back to consciousness again, because doing my research and my belief now is we're all consciousness, all our all our consciousnesses are together mm-hmm. in a one big consciousness. And uh and the problem is we don't see that link. But them when they are there that all they are is consciousness they have this they can feel that connection with everything that we hear when we are in our physical bodies we don't really feel sometimes we do but most of the time we just we we just go like only focus on what's in front of us and not what's uh, what's around us everywhere yeah. but this and this has been scientifically proven that there's all these connections that we don't we don't see we don't feel but they are and there's a sense that Anna knew that she, I mean, there's this extreme empathy that she displayed, you know, it, it is like she knew that, yes, that person who's had that fight with their partner is me in a way. Yeah. And that's yeah. why she brought the problem home because she was going through it. So it's this, so she yeah, had this, absolutely. it seems like she had this innate understanding of that oneness even prior mm. to her transformation. But I just want to pick up on what you said that she told you afterwards, which is, I think, really interesting and also really instructive that Mm -hmm. while she was in the physical and she was doing all of those things for others that she perhaps didn't take enough time to dedicate to herself and her self-care as well. That's really Mm. fascinating that she she put that idea, that thought into your consciousness. Yeah, because something that that while she was still here, I I will tell her, I said, look, you got to look after yourself because... 
Um, this is and this is something that she's always um, she's always said, and 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 it's not scientifically proven, but she she was hundred percent sure that all the cancers he's got is breast cancer. So he had breast cancer in in two thousand, came back in two thousand seven, and came back again this year. Well, apparently they said that it would have come back. It, it probably had been there for over a year uh, until the time they discovered this last time, and she's she's sure that her cancer came because of her worrying. Mm. It wasn't, she didn't get the cancer because of, uh, of any other reason, but because she worries too much about a lot of things, especially with all the, with all the people and with our sons and, 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 and family and friends and, and she worries too much. Mm. And well, she knows the first best friends. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got a lot to worry about. And, 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 and she, and I keep telling her and, and especially with the, this last one before she had it, obviously, but after the second cancer, I kept every time, probably every week, there'd be at some point where I would tell her, don't worry about it. You know, you don't need to worry about these things because they don't do you any good Mm. because you worry about all these things. And, and, and one of my models that I said before is like, if there's something that you can't control, there's no point in worrying about it because all you're going to do is cause yourself more harm. It's like a snowball. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and you're not going to fix it. You're going to make it worse if you can control it. The things that you can control, you can have an influence on. Perfect. Go worry about that. Fix that if you can fix it. But there's things that we don't have any control over and, and worrying about it, it's just, uh, I guess that's human nature. Like we just worry about things and, and, and we go on and, and, and keep on, on, on thinking about it. It's the same thing I was saying before about when I feel that sometimes I feel that I should, that I should feel worse than I am because she's physically gone, but I, I feel good. And mm. I think it's, uh, in a way, so it's also um, selfishness because it's, it's us. We, when we think about people that, ha- that have gone, it's because we need them. It's because we want them to be by our sides, but we don't think about them. And, and now that I have the proof and I know that she's, she's not just fine, she's better than fine. Like, and and, and I've, I've actually had a couple of arguments with her because I said to her, look, it's all good that you're fine and that you're telling me you're fine, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I want to be fine and I'm not because you're there and I'm here. But it's selfishness. Because we are doing this, we, we miss them. Of course you miss them and you want to be with them. But if you really love them, and, and uh, it, it's, it's an old saying, but if you really love them, you have to let them go. Not go, because they never go, but you have to let them be happy and they're happy. And the main thing for me is, it was when, when she was still here in, in the physical body, and it still is now that she's not here, is that my main thing, my main uh, aim in my life is that she's happy. Yeah. And I know she's happy and that makes me happy. And how is that different from when she, she was here? Or same thing with, with when we have, you remember all the good things you do and, and, and you have a good memory. And, and, and it's funny because when they're here, you think about something you did. You think about the holidays you took a couple of years ago and you, you talk to her and it's like, oh, remember that holiday? Yeah, yeah, that was such a good time. And you have a laugh and you remember that and, and, and you have this good feeling of what you did. But now she's gone and I have that same memory, but now it's sad. Mm. When that same memory would have been happy only six months ago, what's changed? The memories is still the same. What we did was it's not changed. It's still what we did. And what we did was fun and we had a good time. 
how is that sad now when it wasn't before like it's and and it's all yes. in our heads it's all we we have this concept of and, and this this precondition of we have to feel bad we have to feel sad mm-hmm. and and it's i guess that's how humans are or mm. how we are but perhaps that is in the process of of evolving slowly ever so slowly mm-hmm. and the brain certainly does have a negative bias I, i've read before that you know, it has a negative, a bias towards negative thoughts. Yeah. yeah. And that's why we're much more likely to remember negative things than positive things. And Mm. as you say, it is definitely countercultural to be in a state, you know, approaching joy following the loss of someone so dear. It is, it is, but I think slowly, and that's why the sharing of these stories is so important. You know, Mm. slowly we're, we're coming to see a new, a new way. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, I would have had, I don't know, some some little occurrence with Anna, and I'm very, I'm feeling very happy. And, and then I got I got this message from a friend, which is very into this. We should feel bad, and we should feel sorry, and 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 the pain, and all that. It just kills me because, like, why? Like, and and it just brings me down. And it's like, no, I, I I'm happy. I, I should be happy, just because we think we should be uh, sad, and we should feel, or we should remember. And it's like, oh, I remember when we did this, oh, I feel so bad. It's like, no, you should feel good. Because mm. if she was here, you would feel good. And, 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 that, and, 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 and she tells me every now and then, it's like, don't listen to them. You know, like, oh, just, just keep on going. You know, you know how they are. And it's like, okay. Uh, Jorge, as we approach the end of our conversation, I thought this might be a good time for us to tell the audience about how it seems that Anna was particularly keen for us to talk and for you to come on the show because we only worked this out in retrospect, but on that same Sunday that Anna first came to you four days after she passed or on the third night was also the day that I woke up and the light above my bed was on. Now, this has only ever happened once before in the nine years we've lived here and so we pieced this together in retrospect and I was quite amazed. And then in September on the day that an article that I wrote about you both that was actually published on that Monday, it happened again in my room. (laughs) And um, when I told you, you said that Anna had told you that she was responsible. Tell us about this. Like what's behind this? Is she keen for you to get your story out there in a more public way? Yeah, it took me took me a while to work it out because I was when when I started getting all this information from her and feeling all these things and it's like uh, okay, so what do I do with it? Like I know it's making me feel better, but what what am I gonna do? Because I was saying before, like to me, the meaning of my life when when she was here physically was to be with her, to be and to to make her happy. To protect her, which in a way I felt like like I failed at that. Then I realized, well, there's nothing I could do. But I kind of felt like like not that it was my fault, but that I couldn't do it. I, I, I should have done more. I don't know why. I don't know how. But that's that's the feeling I had. And and then her physically being gone, I was thinking, now what am I supposed to do? She was kind of like the meaning of my life, and now she's gone. What am I supposed to do? And and then. She kind of like hinted that it wasn't clear, but it's like, well, you have to first, you have to understand what's happened to me 
and that's why I'm doing all this research into consciousness and scientifically and all that because I I need to know for a fact that wherever whenever this place was is that that exists and that that is that I can so I can show to other people and that was so first is to understand in detail what's happening where she is and what's happening to her now and share that for once to to make her friends and 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 our friends and family feel better in a way but also to uh, somehow to the greater public which I haven't worked it out yet uh but she wants I know she wants me because you have a podcast I have a podcast nothing to do with this it's it's about football in Spanish and all that but I'm kind of like a a communicator in a way and and she wants me to use that somehow or she knows that I can I can kind of uh, do this and 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 work out a way to communicate this and to let people know that that when somebody dies it's just the body that dies and that we still here they're still here they're still with us that who we are no matter where or when we are we're still the same person uh, and and that things happen because they have to happen and that uh, the other thing that that she's been so like telling me uh, lately that I've I've come to understand is that uh, we need uh, we need uh, these things to happen. The, 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 as in losing people, and and uh, this has to happen because for us as a consciousness, when we just if we are just consciousness, we don't have any experiences. And for us to understand and to and to have experiences and to be who we are. We have to go through the through the best times and the worst times, because if there's no that's the duality. Like for for there to be good things, there have to be bad things. Otherwise, you wouldn't tell the difference. So, uh, unfortunately for me, this time I, I got the worst part of the of, of the cake. Like I got the the sad the sad part or the the part that no one wants, and that as I said before, you never thought about it. We never thought about it. You never think about it. You never. Doing all this research is something that got my attention is uh, how little we think about death. And uh, there was this study recently, not recently, I think it was a couple of years ago, about um, happiness, about the who, who in the world is the most, like the, the, where are people the most happy? And um, I think it was a little island somewhere in Southeast Asia. I can't remember which country was a little island where uh, I don't know what what methods they use to to measure this, but they are the happiest people in the world, hmm. and apparently they are because, it, as part of the culture, every day they spend at least half an hour to an hour thinking about their own death. Since they're kids, they learn to think about their own death and not fear it, but think and 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 assume that someday you're gonna die, but that that's not the end, and think about it and reflect on that. And that makes them a lot happier. Would you think, no, I think about death, that that will make me sad. No, it's it's quite the opposite. And uh-huh. and it's something that is kind of like a taboo, like how many people, how many people think about death and how many people think about their own death? It's not many people. And and and, and it's like, you don't want to talk about it. And that's what I was saying before. Like, I, I feel bad that when she mentioned that to me, I didn't want to talk about it at the time. And now in retrospective, I, I, I probably would have talked about it, obviously this all had, had to happen to me for me to change my mind. But, but it's something that we shouldn't fear because, well, that's the one thing that's going to happen to all of us. 
Gosh, that is such a powerful message in that research about those people on that island. That is absolutely mm. extraordinary. I'll have to follow up and, and get the name of, of the island. It's absolutely mm. amazing. Jorge, thanks for sharing that. So what do you think, or better said, what is the latest that's happened in terms of Anna communicating with you or your friends? Um, latest? It's probably, uh, I've had a, a few, uh, as I said, been getting some results with my lucid dreaming and and the most uh like the, the message that i keep getting uh, i mentioned this before is um to have patience because she's she's saying and and i'm going back to the to the buddhists again which it's funny because i've never i've never been as i said never been religious never been into any of these I always thought about like Buddhism and 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 meditation, which I'm doing now. But all these things, more of a like a, you know, like this these weird things that people do that I don't I don't want to know. But now I do. I meditate an hour every day and getting some very good results with that. But it's like patience and uh, and the Buddhist they have this saying where, and that's why I liked about them not being a religion, more of a philosophy where. They talk about Bardo and they talk about when we die, we all go there. And they said, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter if you don't believe it. Because once you get there, you'll know we were telling the truth. Like we know, you'll know we were right and we'll meet there. But in the meantime, if you don't want to believe it, so be it. You'll get there either way. So that's what kind of like what she's telling me. Like it's, you have to be patient. It will happen. It's happening, and I get hints, and and it's my impatience. My I want I want to feel more, especially when I I, I get like these little hints and little little messages, and I was like, I need more. I need something more tangible, and um, slowly getting there. But see, the message is patience because I'm here, and you. Uh, it's, uh, she said to me like, keep on trying, keep on trying. You'll get there. And if you don't get there in your life, you'll get here. So <laughs> you're going to get here either way. Same thing as, as the Buddhist says. So if you don't get there, which you will, but if you don't worry if, if, you don't, if it's going to take you the rest of your life to get here, because you will get here. So uh, it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. It is a win-win. And something that struck me, as you said, that you're, you've begun a practice of meditation it struck me that that is similar. You meditating for an hour a day is similar to what the people on that little island are doing, giving, mm. you know, thinking about their own death because in a way it is that same dimension. And yeah, yeah it just struck me as a parallel there. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing, like through all this, I, I learned, but that, that was pretty early on not to fear death. Cause when I, and the moment I noticed that, that she wasn't gone, it's like, well, if she's not gone, no one's gone. So mm. death is just, is just another step. Death is just a, a part of our journey. And we probably, we probably already died a few times and we don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's probably, we'll, we might need to get you back on the show next year to talk about how there is no time and space and, or, or how uh, what we call time is all simultaneous. So what's next for you, Jorge? You mentioned that Anna seems to you know, be sharing with you that you are a communicator, so she'd like you to, to share your story more. And as we talk, I can see that you've got this great setup with the microphone and everything, and you, you are already a podcaster. So what's next for you in terms of sharing that story? Well, I want to, as I said, I, I, I need to understand it better. 
uh, right now I have all this influx of different information. So I'm, I'm reading five books at a time and I'm uh, attending conferences and, and trainings and, and uh, there's different people which uh, like really uh, scientists and guys that I really resonate with. Like there's some of them like I'm actually like really, you know, watching, uh, watching a video and get me here at home, just uh, uh, screaming or, 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 or laughing and like, loudly because they are exactly telling what I'm feeling. Like, it's like, they know my story and, and I'm, you guys like, you really, really like, this is, this is not a coincidence. Like you, what you're saying is it's, it's exactly what's happening to me. So I'm doing all this research and I need to uh, piece it all together. And then there's this, uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't, I haven't really stopped and look at how am I going to do it? I know I'm, I need to do it and it probably be, yeah, in, 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 in podcast form or maybe, maybe even like, um, a video form, some kind of, of, of live stream or something like that way. But I, I need to, um, because this is something that is, it's very special to me. Like it's very personal and very special. I need to do it right. So not, I, I don't want to rush it. Same thing. Like she tell me like, you don't need to rush it, but you need to do it. And I guess initially I'm going to, I'm starting to do a, a lot for friends and having every now and then we have a, we'll get together and I'll, give them an update on where I'm up to with my research. And, and, and they'll ask me, like, they come around and it's like, oh, where, how are you going with this? And, and I go and, uh, like, next week I have a, a, an intensive with um, this guy called Tom Campbell, which uh, oh, yeah. is it's one of these persons which I resonate a lot. And, and he, he mentions about, about uh, consciousness and about how we don't, we don't really die. This, I like his... his uh, He's got all. He's a scientist, uh, and and obviously he, he comes up with names and acronyms for everything. But he calls this the physical, the PMR, the physical matter reality, and and he calls uh, where our consciousness resides. He calls us the NPMR, the non-physical matter reality, and this uh, they're both linked, and and we all live in, in in both at the same time. But when our bodies are not here anymore, we are in the non-physical matter reality. And uh, and there's a lot of a lot of research. It's actually having uh, scientists doing scientific research onto this and quantum mechanics and all the things that I've talked about. So yeah, just for now, just to do more research, try to find better explanations for for all these things that I'm seeing and feeling and experiencing, and at some point start spreading the word somehow. And I'm not sure how or when, but uh, but it's gonna happen. Mm. similar to what you're doing like you're doing uh it's funny because i never i, I consume a lot of information I, I i love being you know like digging into information of different things like computers technologies uh, science uh, music movies everything i like when i do something like i li- really go deep into it and all this about um afterlife and 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 consciousness and uh, and uh, spiritualism and things like that i never thought i would be looking into i'm starting to do a lot of a lot more reading and research and listening to different podcasts and all that and i'm amazed that there's so much stuff and i didn't and and i didn't know about it that's that's the thing there's so much i was saying before we live in the era of information but there's too much information that we sometimes miss what's important and i think a lot of what uh, what's important we're missing out like a lot of what people that you bring to your podcast are saying is very very like 
it helps a lot to a lot of people. And a lot of people miss out on it because they don't know about it and, or they don't want to know. Oh, well, thank you for, for saying that. Yeah, I do feel like it's important to share these stories. So as long as I can, I will continue to do it. And I feel like you're already doing it. So even though, you know, you, you've had the message to have patience and to, to work slowly towards that goal of sharing in a more public way, you're already actually doing it with your friends, you know, where they come together and you update them on the latest research. So it's already happening. You know, I don't think you could get off this train if you wanted to. <laughs> and you've yeah, no. really got the support of an extraordinary woman, your beautiful soulmate, Anna, who in, in the physical was extraordinary and she continues to be so today. And I feel like, you know, I'm very honoured today to have met her in a way and my audience no doubt feels the same way. So last question, what message or takeaway would you like to leave our listeners with today? Well, I think I've said this before, but um, the message is that um, that we, no matter how how much pain we feel, no matter how much grief we feel, all that we we never we never stop being. We all we we always are, and 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 physically, non physically, when you meet somebody, no matter if it's if it's your partner, if it's a friend, if it's that that individual. It's an individual, and it will always be. And and regardless of time or or a physical wherever we are, we always are. And we need to learn that we don't die as 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 beings. We die as our physical bodies, but we don't die as beings. So it's it's weird because it's coming to a point where I'm I'm every time I hear like uh, I, I see I don't know I'm watching a movie and, and someone's about to die it's a, an action movie and someone's about to die and they still worry and I'm like don't worry you'll, <laughs> you'll be fine you know like why would you worry about it you're gonna be fine and it's like well that's the whole point of the movie you they had the, and 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 it feels like a lot of our lives are around trying not to die and okay that's fine that's that's survival that's that's part of, of who we are as humans but it's not as tragic as they sell it to us. Well, that's powerful indeed. Uh, so honoured to have had you on the show today. And I'm, I do want to take you up on that. I want you to come back next year and, you know, perhaps by then you've started what it is that you're starting, Hopefully. your podcast, and we can chat more because you've obviously got so much wisdom and, and so much to share. And I, I'm really grateful that you came on Spirit Sisters today, Jorge. Well, the, the honour is all mine. And, and also like to to thank you mostly because uh, i know that uh this is the spirit sisters and you mostly bring uh, bring uh, female uh, guests and i don't know if i'm the first the first male but obviously ju just don't have me you have anna here that that's thanks to her that that we hear but very honored to to be here and 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 yeah hopefully next year or whenever i start doing uh, whatever i need to do uh, and we can catch up again Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Jorge, and bye-bye. Thank you, Karina. Thank you for listening to Spirit Sisters, the podcast, based on my best-selling book of the same name. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and will join me again next time for another intriguing conversation exploring mysteries and marvels. In the meantime, please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. I also welcome your feedback, so please message me through my website, karinamachado.com, or find me on Facebook at Karina Machado Author. Perhaps you have your own encounter to share. If so, I'd love to hear it. After all, 
There's nothing more powerful than a story. Thank you.